Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It's the Morning Five for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. And we quite possibly had one of the greatest Georgia weekends ever. It is, uh, as always, brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers, with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E. N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Bryce, today is National Fried Scallops Day. Are you a big scallops person? I, I will eat scallops. I'm, I will not go out of my way to get scallops. They really don't taste like anything. Um, the meat is not real. I don't, I don't know. There's not a lot of natural flavoring taste in the, in the meat of a scallop. Um, so yeah, I, I won't go out of my way to eat a scallop, but if I'm served scallops at a restaurant or something or at a party, I'll, I'll eat them. I don't know. It's just kind of like a meh, you know, type thing. They're not really great. And for some reason, I think they're like a delicacy. I don't understand why I've, I've had them a bunch, but they're not very good. Yeah. I'm not a big fan either. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, when you said serve at a party, the first thing that popped into my head, you know what I made this weekend? What did you make this weekend? Yep. Ooh, I mean, nice. Weekend. That was awesome. That's Had awesome. some wings this weekend. Oh, oh that sounds good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a uh, I had a bunch of old fashions yesterday. That was my breakfast and lunch. Oh, and nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Polished off a whole bottle of four roses yesterday while watching NFL football and then uh, wrapped up the evening with uh, watching Hocus Pocus. So good. Uh, good Sunday. And it's also National Produce Misting Day. Yeah, listen, you don't want your produce to be uh, non-moist when you get it. You want it to be very uh, misted, misted correctly. You want water all over it, especially like your, your lettuce, your cucumbers. You don't, you know, you don't want a dry cucumber. Uh, you want it properly misted. So I think we should take a day to appreciate, you know, the misting that happens at uh, grocery stores. That's that's definitely the case for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's get to uh, this great Georgia weekend that we had, and let's start with the first place and quite possibly <laughs> uh nl east champion very close we're one one uh win away from it are it you saying we afraid. should ring the bell is that what you're saying uh, yeah. yeah yeah i am yeah yeah i'm there with I, you I i'm that. there with you uh, this weekend yeah, i'm there with you here, well here's the deal the braves will win the nl east if and only well the only way that we can't win the NL East right now is if we get swept by the Marlins in Miami, which, by the way, Sandy Alcantara is not pitching this weekend. That was great news. I hate to, I hate for that to happen because that young man uh, is a Cy Young winner this year. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of glad the Braves aren't going to see him because he is a monster. And the Mets uh, sweep the Nationals. That's that's the only way. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident about that this weekend. I I am too. I <laughs> there, just I don't. Yeah, there's no way. 
Anyway, all right, let's get to it. Game one on Friday, Braves win 5-2 to two against uh, DeGrom. Dansby, Riley, Olsen, Rosario, and Arcia all had RBIs. They chased DeGrom after six. Uh, DeGrom did get his normal DeGrom numbers. He had still had 11 Ks, but uh, it was it was an impressive performance by the Braves offense. Freed, speaking of impressive performances, was throwing up mid-game and still pushed through like five, five innings. Uh, five innings, one earned, three Ks. He was awesome. Absolutely. It was warrior. absolutely awesome. It was his flu game. Uh, Jansen got the that, that was his broken leg up. game <laughs> from more than last year. <laughs> Jansen got the save on Friday night and uh, strikes out the side. On Saturday, game two, Braves win four to two. Dance Bay and Olsen both had RB, uh, home runs as well. Uh, that was against Scherzer. And <laughs> you chased Scherzer after five and two thirds innings, who allowed four earned and two home runs. God, man, it was beautiful. When you can chase Scherzer and DeGrom and they have, they're losing at that point, anything's, that's great for me. Great, yeah. great dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you couldn't have asked the Braves to do, have back-to-back better games uh, against better pitchers. I mean, it's not like we faced the Mets back into the rotation or something. That's their two top aces. And we went up there and battled with them and came out on the right end of both games. Not only did we face their two aces, uh, we faced uh, their top three pitchers this weekend and still came out with wins against all three of them. Uh, uh, Kyle Wright know, on that's what World Series winners do right there. Sorry, Matt. Kyle, Kyle Wright had his 21st win overall. Five innings, two earned, three Ks. He, he pitched beautifully. On set, on Sunday, last night, uh, Game 3, Braves beat the Mets 5-3. to three. Olsen and Darno with two RBIs. Each Dansby with an RBI, another home run. Dansby hom- homered in every single game this weekend. Every single one. And I believe he hit his 100th career home run this weekend as well. I'm not sure which game or which home run it was, but I, I believe he did hit his I want to say it was either against Scherzer or DeGrom. It was, oh, that would been awesome. I can't remember what. It was against one of those two. What a way to get your 100th home run. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Charlie Morton didn't have a great outing on Sunday night. Four, four and a third innings pitched, three earned, five Ks. Penn, Penn was awesome all weekend. Uh, four and two thirds on Saturday, on Sunday of two hit ball. Jansen with another save on Sunday. Jansen had the save on, on Saturday, too. Jansen pitched in every single game this weekend and came out on we all came out on top. Yeah, he got his inning. 38th, 39th, and 40th save um, this weekend. And Charlie Morton on Sunday, I mean, it's just sort of what you expect out of him. Four and a third, three run, three earned runs, five Ks. I think he gave up like 10 hits or nine hits or something. I don't know, man. I, I don't I, – I really don't want to see him or Odorizzi on the postseason rotation. I don't I – just, I just don't have a lot of faith in him right now. Braves now sit with 100 wins with three, three to go. Um, and like I mentioned, we start a three-game series with the Mets today. So that'll be a fun, fun week to start. Uh, I don't know who goes tonight. Um, uh, it's been, let me see. It's been got- so weird, like, who's going, especially since Strider's not in the, the rotation. 
I got 6,000 tabs pulled up. Bryce Elder is going tonight versus Lizardo uh, in the Marlins. And we do, not have an announced, <clears throat> we do not have an announced uh, starter for Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so I would assume if the Braves win tonight and the Mets lose tonight, that wraps up the division, correct? Am, am, I, am I right there? It it's, doesn't matter. It's one of the two. So if Braves win or Mets lose, it doesn't matter which one it is. Braves win the division. Period. So I, I would assume if we win the division tonight, we will probably see two minor league guys get to start Tuesday and Wednesday versus the Marlins. Uh, and we've done this earlier in the season as well, and usually well, we win those well, games. Well, it may not it may not matter considering that you know the the wild card divisions or the wild card series would begin on Friday, right? And what happens after that is Braves aren't playing in it. So the next thing the next time we'll play would be I think the following Monday. So we would have five games or five days to set up our rotation. So oh, even yeah. if well, you're like, not you're not throwing your normal starters out there on, on Tuesday and Wednesday if they don't have to win those games. Those are gonna be minor league starts for somebody or, or pin starts or something. You're not gonna yeah, want to throw out starters. Yeah. And you're gonna get a lot of your rotational guys into the game as well. You're not gonna have, you know, some of these guys like I would assume Dan's Bay would play in it just because I'm pretty sure he's played in 100 and 159 games so far this year. I don't know if he's missed a game. Um, he hasn't. So yeah, so he'd, pro- he'd probably play in all three of these just to complete the 162. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think if you if you wrap it up tonight, you get a lot of these rotational guys in on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, and the Braves are only three games away from completing a full 162-game season without a sacrifice bunt, which would be the first time ever in MLB history, which is kind of cool. Yeah, is that really great, though? I don't know. I think it's cool. It's a record. You know. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah, it's a record. <laughs> it's a record. Uh, Billy, continuing on with the fantastic weekend, uh, Braves sweeping the Mets and gaining the NL East lead. UGA beats Missouri. It was a close game. It was a sloppy game. It's not the best game Georgia's played by far this year, uh, but it's a win. So that's really all you can ask for at the end of the day. Uh, Georgia came into the game ranked number one, but looked anything but on Saturday. Selling for too many field goals in the red zone and giving away a pair of fumbles made the Bulldogs look ripe for an upset early on in the uh, football game. Uh, Georgia trailed 16-6 to at half and added two more field goals in the third quarter. Uh, but Missouri also added a field goal late in the third quarter and early in the fourth to give uh, Missouri a 22-12 lead with just over 10 minutes to play in the game. We were, uh, where were we at? We were doing something, and I kept checking the score, and Georgia kept trailing and kept trailing and kept trailing. I told everybody, I was like, don't worry, they're going to come back. They're going to take control of this in the second half. Uh, And they just sort of didn't until very, very late. Um, Late in the third and early in the fourth, Georgia seemed to establish its running game a lot better than it did in the first half of the game, uh, scoring on a DeJon Edwards uh, late Tud and a Kendall Milton Tud to take the lead to 26 to 22. Georgia's defense then forced a three and out, gave the ball back to UGA's offense that milked the clock to end the game. So I rewatched the game yesterday for Georgia, sort of on on fast forward. I didn't sit there and watch the entire thing, but I did go back and review a lot of the drives and a lot of what happened on Saturday and a lot of the stuff that probably needs to be uh, worked on, if if you will. The, the offensive line needs to wake up. That offensive line for Georgia on Saturday versus Missouri looked like they sleptwalked through the entire game. 
that offensive line needs to needs to wake up a bit more and and bully people like they have the ability to do. It really looked like Georgia went into this Missouri game sort of sleepwalking through it, sort of like what they did against Kent State. Um, talented teams sometimes can do this, but I think great coaches uh, like like Georgia has in Kirby Smart and the rest of his coaching staff. They need to wake this team up and make them understand that every single Saturday you're going to get the best shot of who you play and you've got to play your best games no matter the opponent. The red zone struggles need to end. They need to punch these balls in that they're in the red zone settling for too many field goals. It's fine when you're playing Kent State or Missouri or someone else or anybody else in their schedule. But when you get up against a, I'm going to, I'm going to throw them in here as well this year, a USC and Alabama and Ohio State, you get up against one of those teams, settling for field goals is not going to win games. And, you know, we've heard Nick Saban say as much time and time again with Alabama. Uh, they need to get Darnell Washington the ball more. And what, this is going to sound weird, too. They need to get Brock Bowers the ball more. Uh, Brock Bowers is the best athlete in all of college football, and he might be Georgia's best running back, uh, which I know is probably going to be a controversial statement. Um, but they need to get both of those players uh, more, more of the ball, honestly. Uh, because those two, I mean, Brock Bowers. Bowers had five catches for 66 yards. That's not bad, but I, that guy should be that he should be carrying the rock or catching the ball. He should have 15 touches every single game minimum. And the defense allowed too many big plays. Um, we you know we kind of questioned on what this defense was going to look like when they graduated, is seemingly the entire first round of the NFL draft this year. Uh, and this right. is sort of one of the first games, I think, where we've seen a lot of chinks in the armor of what otherwise has been a very good UGA defense. The explosive plays downfield for Missouri really killed Georgia. So there's little things here and there that UGA can sure up before they get into the meat and potatoes of their schedule. Uh, but first test, they passed it, but they didn't pass it with flying colors. Four-point four victory on the road versus Missouri. You've got the South's uh, oldest rivalry coming up this weekend, too, with uh, Georgia and Auburn is this weekend. So that's going to be a tap. I don't think it's going to be a challenge for Georgia. It shouldn't be. But then again, we we didn't think that Missouri was going to be a challenge for them either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Kent State's probably better than Auburn. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see this weekend. <laughs> All right. Uh, continuing on with our winning weekend, the Falcons beat the Browns this weekend 23 to 20. Thanks to a 13-point fourth quarter, the Falcons are now on a two-game winning streak and atop of the NFC South. Um, Mariota, Mariota looked awful. Yeah, he like did. straight, straight awful. Uh, seven of 19, 139 yards and an interception gave him a horrible, horrible day. Um, on the positive side of things, the Falcons rushed for 202 yards with Tyler Algier, 84 yards, and, and Caleb Huntley with 56 being the high high guys. It's Bryce, and, and I'm with you here. It's it's a thousand percent time um, to throw Ritter into the mix. It's, yeah, there's it, especially if the running game is is going so well, and it did against the Browns. If you can somehow if all we're going to do is hand the ball off through it. And, and let's be real. Ritter's got the same wheels that Mariota has. And let's see what the kid has, because this is getting ridiculous because there's, we've been through four ball games with the Falcons and I have not felt comfortable with Mariota in any one of those ball games. 
at all. So I'm done and, with them. And and how many times have we came in here on Monday or Tuesday after whenever the Falcons play and, and say that, that Pitts and Drake London haven't gotten enough targets, and it seemed like the exact same thing this past weekend. Like, you spent two yep. top ten picks in those guys. You've got to target them, and you've got to get the ball in their hands. I mean, look what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia with Brock Bowers. Do something, you know, in, inventive if you can't throw the ball to him, but you've got to get uh, the ball in the hands of Kyle Pitts and Drake London. Yeah, 11 targets between the two of them, uh, only three receptions, 32 yards, and no touchdowns. That's horrible. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's you, ridiculous. You can't do that. Uh, the Another bright spot for me, and this has been the same for pretty much the entire uh, season already. Defensive side of the ball has looked okay. Yeah, like okay, really it's not, it's not fantastic, but it's it's okay. Yeah, you know I'll what I mean? It. I'll thousand percent take it. The the interception to seal the game bumped the Falcons in the top five in the NFL in takeaways, which is great. Um, if you can get top five in anything defensively, that's that's pretty solid. Yep. So I'll, I'm I'm there all day. Like I said, uh, Falcons will look. To the Bucks this weekend. Uh, that's going to be a challenge in it in itself. But the Bucks aren't the same Bucks team that they have been over the past couple of years. No, or they no, haven't looked not. like it. They're they're not. They they aren't. It's they don't look like it because they're not. So uh, you know this is a very very winnable game uh, if you're the Falcons, in my opinion. All right. Yeah. Great great weekend for Georgia sports, and yeah. it, it continued on or it started on Friday. Three three wins uh, for the Braves, a win for UGA, a win for the Falcons, and yeah, let's get to our Marine South scoreboard. Friday night lights, uh, a lot of a lot of unfortunate unfortunate red here, Billy, on on Friday night. Uh, not a ton of wins. Yeah. Uh, it was not for, a great night for our local teams on Friday. That's for no, sure. No, it definitely was not. Uh, we're gonna start off with the only win on the Friday night slate we had for football games. Bowden traveled to St. Francis and won twenty three to eighteen. Uh, T.J. Harvison rushed for 154 yards on 24 carries. Bowden led 23 to six entering into the fourth quarter, and St. Francis got within uh, 23 to 18 on a 90-yard touchdown pass uh, that saw the back judge throw a phenomenal block on T.J. Harvison. Uh, Bowden got the ball and ran off the clock. Bowden was by far the better team Friday night versus St. Francis while having a backup quarterback. No Robert McNeil, Jordan the Beast, Beasley was the quarterback and did a fantastic job. Uh, played quarterback and played punter and went three for three punting the ball and all three balls when he punted landed inside uh, the red zone. One landed on the three, one at the 19, and then the other one somewhere around the 15. Um, so he did he did a good job in replacement duty for Robert McNeil uh, Friday night. Um, Bremen fell to Ringgold 35 to 14. Central fell to number one ranked Cedartown 39 to 7. Cedartown outrushed Central 383 yards to 40 and held 1,000 yard. Yeah, and held freshman 1,000 yard rusher Jonas Walton to five yards. Cedartown's number one in the state for a reason, folks. That's that's a typo, right? Nope. Nope. By the way, did you happen to see what Nick Chubb did on Sunday? I did. He brought the whole Cedartown team to the Falcons game. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Good. Uh, I did too, man. Yeah. Good gesture. Good gesture on Nick Chubb. 
Uh, Heard County fell in a heartbreaker to McIntosh, 35-34 to in overtime. McIntosh had one of the top, I believe that young man was top 10 in the state in passing. Uh, so good job of, of Heard County staying yeah. in there. Yeah, I, I thought Heard County was going to win this, man, kind of following this uh, on the score stream and from, from you guys just on Friday night. But unfortunately, Heard County does fall by one in overtime. Mount Zion falls to Mount Pisgah. 49 to 27 after Mount Zion had a change in what was a catering tents, I heard. Uh, and Villarica fell to Lithia Springs 24 to nothing. Ooh, that was a. Uh, it was not a good. It was not a good night for the Villarica Wildcats. That's that's for sure. Been, that's not not great on the anything. on the gridiron. Ugh, that's a. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Luckily for Villarica though, they had some great softball games this weekend. Uh, Villarica in softball beat Coffee County 4 to 2 and Morgan County 8 to 7. Uh, Villarica's softball team and volleyball team are absolutely dominating people right now, and they have a uh, the softball team has a big match on Tuesday, I believe, at host Carrollton. Um, yep, so and cool. I will be there, and I'll be I'll be calling it. Yeah, hometown sports media has the call Tuesday, so we'll go into that more uh, tomorrow. But yeah, awesome. That should be a great game. Uh, and speaking of Carrollton, over the weekend in softball, they did beat Harris County seven to two. Uh, and then in MLS action this weekend, Atlanta United fell to the New England Revolution 2-1. to one. Joseph Martinez had a beautiful bicycle kick, uh, but that does end Atlanta United's run to the playoffs. We are now mathematically eliminated, uh, and we should have been eliminated probably about a month and a half ago. This team is terrible. But uh, yeah, 2-1. to one. And then tonight on the Stumpet Games, an events calendar for softball, the only one on the docket so far is Harrelson County at Temple at 5.30. Okay. Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Indeed, I do, sir. Indeed, I do. All right. It's another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with the Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Uh, Wisconsin Fires head coach uh, Paul Christ and names the defensive coordinator Jim Leonard interim head coach. I'm surprised by this, honestly. I, You know, Paul Christ has been a pretty good coach for Wisconsin. I know they haven't started great, but hiring them, this early is just a little bit crazy to me. I think I think Wisconsin thinks that they're a football school and they are not. Um, and this, th- a lot of schools fall into the folly of this, where they think they're a football school but they're not a football school, uh, and they just hemorrhage money. They just go through head coaches and hemorrhage money, uh, trying to find a national championship winning coach. And that's not what Wisconsin is. And I, following Paul, firing Paul Christ seems like a really really dumb decision. But that's just you know, but it, it, it was coming after uh, Illinois, who had former Wisconsin head coach uh, Brett Bielema oh, at Bert. the helm. Uh, he, he, that's that's what it came after. So I, I kind of get it, but at the same time, yeah. oh, Bert Bielema. Uh, T's and P's go out to a spectator at the Steelers uh, game this weekend. He died after a fall from an escalator. Um, awful news. In, in the NFL. Speaking of good news, though, in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers' Kenny Pickett replaces um, Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, rushes for two touchdowns, throws two interceptions in a loss. And I truly felt that Steelers were going to win that game. I was keeping up with that on, on the, uh, what is it called, the Red Zone channel? Um, I don't, I don't on, know. What's the one that. where they get, bounce? I don't get those fancy channels. It's yeah, the one where they bounce back and forth. Okay. It's red zone. Yeah, NFL red zone. 
Yeah, the dude Kenny Pickett did not look bad coming in, kind of just thrown into the game. Georgie Pickens, though, over uh, over the century mark in receptions. That kid's gonna be special, 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 special up in uh, up in Pittsburgh. Special, it, special. I need coffee. <laughs> my tongue, my tongue is like numb. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, Georgie. If Pickens, I remember correctly, a couple of those, one of those interceptions at least was through the hands of somebody. Like it bounced off of of the hands and went into the for a pick. Yeah, it went through the hands of Chase Claypool um, was one of the interceptions. So, yeah, Georgie Pickens comes in with a little action. And do you know who the first rookie quarterback is to throw a touchdown on the season this year? Who's that? That would be Mr. Zappy from uh, New England. Do you know who that is? No. No, nobody knows who that is because he's a third-string quarterback. Uh, but, um, you know, Mac Jones got knocked out of the game last week, right? So Brian came in and had the starting duty this week. Well, he got knocked out of the game, too. And Bailey Zappi, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but that's what I'm going to call it. Bailey Zappi for the New England Patriots came in and went 10 for 15, 99 yards, and tossed a tud. Uh, took the Packers to overtime. They did end up losing by three points. But, yeah, Bailey Zappi is your first rookie quarterback to throw a tud this season in the regular in the regular season. Oh. Yeah. So there's a little trivia wow. for you. In 2022, first rookie to throw a tud, Bailey Zappi. All right. We've got four things to talk about today uh, Today in. Uh, today in 1976, future ho- Baseball Hall of Fame uh, right fielder Hank Aaron singles in his last Major League Baseball at bat and drives in his 2,297th run as the Milwaukee Brewers lose 5-2 versus the Detroit Tigers. Ugh. Ugh. That's what I said. Ugh. Uh, Today in 1992, Atlanta Braves end the season 1-0 victory versus San Diego Padres at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium for a franchise record 98th Major League Baseball win. The old record was 95 in 1957, so it was 98 going into 92. That was going for a hundy. uh, Going for a hundy plus this year. On uh, it'd be nice to get it 103. That'd be nice. Give me 103. Yeah, I'll I'll take 103 right now. Yeah, give me 103. Uh, Today in 1995, former NFL running back, broadcaster, and actor OJ Simpson found not guilty of the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman in Los Angeles, California. And also today in 2008, O.J. Simpson was found guilty of charges of kidnapping and armed robbery. Isn't that weird that both of those convictions came down on the same day? Yes. That is incredibly uh, uh, Yeah, blew my mind. (laughs) 13 years apart. Incredibly weird. Yeah. Two of the biggest high-profile cases, you know, ever in sports, both came down on the same day. I couldn't believe that. Bryce, you got anything else? Nah, man. Let's get out of here. Start our week off. Let's get out of here on a Monday, on a winning Monday for for the state of Georgia. Hopefully, we will continue the ways uh, with Harrison County and Temple tonight. Um, who, who we got Monday Night Football tonight? Uh, that's a good question. Let me see. Monday Night Football tonight. Oh, that's MLB scores. We definitely don't want that. I'm not real sure nope. off the top of my head. Uh, we got Rams and 49ers tonight. The Sunday night game last night was awesome. The Chiefs and the Bucks. I know the Bucks lost by 10, but that was very entertaining. That was way high scoring, way more high scoring than I thought it was going to be. 
Uh, but Rams and 49ers face off tonight. Rams 2-1, and one, 49ers 1-2. One and two. So that should be a good game. I was I was too busy watching the Braves. I'm not going to lie. I watched I watched all, the entire Braves game last night. I'll be honest with you, Billy. I didn't watch a single inning. That's just sad. Sad. Yeah. Football is king, baby. Football is king. That's it for the morning five for Tuesday, or for Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs>